You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the only comic book movie podcast to survive the Second American Civil War. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined by Steel Harbor prostitute card inspector, Ben Chapman. What is up? This movie was the best. Oh, so good, guys. I mean, this is... Let's face it, the Citizen Kane comic book. <laughs> I think it topped both the shortest time to get to Origin Story completed and shortest time to get tits out on screen. <laughs> Yeah, I think it may actually win that award for any film. It's going to be hard to beat, yeah. Before we get too far into this, we'd like to introduce our special guest, probably our biggest fan, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, We're joined by fellow podcaster and all-around cool guy, Todd of the Basement Fodder Podcast. Hey, everybody. I I think Matt hates me, though, for making me watch this movie. (laughs) It is true. (laughs) He he originally had picked, like, a series of terrible movies that I couldn't, in, like, good conscience, make Ben watch yet. Like, I feel like we got to wait later on in the podcast before (laughs) I have that kind of power. So, uh, yeah, so I I thought, what's close to a piece of shit that's softcore porn? Barbed wire. So here we are. Is that just what you think every time you turn Netflix on? It's like, hmm, what's a What's a piece yeah. of shit that's close to softcore porn? Oh, I'll watch this. Yeah, that's, I watch a lot of terrible movies on Netflix, guys. Mm-hmm. If you saw my cue, you would really feel bad for me as a human being. Yeah. I wish this piece of garbage was on Netflix, then I wouldn't have had to pay $3 to watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Amazon, Amazon asks, are you sure? Are you absolutely, are you sober? <laughs> Did somebody steal your identity, bro? Amazon made me answer a question if I was under duress or not when I tried to buy rent this movie. Yeah, if you're if you if somebody has a gun to your head, tell me what the weather is. Um, yeah, so we watched Barbed Wire, a film which decided to try to make Pamela Anderson an actress, and she comes off more wooden than she did in Baywatch, which was a show in which her boobs were the star. So, um, this movie's not tremendously different. No, yeah, I would agree it, with that. Uh, uh, I, I did not do great research. I, I kind of failed you guys, so oh, I'll I cover did. this probably on the mini episode for <laughs> how much this movie. I, I looked up how much it made, and it only made three point seven million dollars. That's low. But they don't. They didn't have a budget on Box Office Mojo, so I'll have to look into this more, and I'll report back to you in the mini episode. Uh, so did, we can go straight in. Did anybody read the comic? Uh, I did. Uh. <laughs> I did my due diligence on it. Todd, have you have you been experienced with barbed wire? I uh, I remember like back when it was actually out, reading a few issues of it because I was reading a lot of Dark Horse back then. Like with the the with, I read the Mask and a couple other Dark Horse books back then, and I remember it was a very very limited run series. It's like yeah, nine it, issues about. Yeah. It wrapped up after this movie came out. Killed a comic book. Yeah, is this the only movie to kill a comic book? <laughs> it I think be. it's got to be close. I don't know if I can think of another one off the top of my head. I'm just picturing like the people involved, like, the creative talent behind the barbed wire comic, just in the theaters, like hands over their faces, just being like, "Guys, we gotta shut this down." <laughs> Sort of like if Bob Kane had lived long enough to see the bat nipples. Yeah. Oh, good God. <laughs> yeah. Just gets out of the theater and just gets on his phone and just burn it all. Burn it to the ground. <laughs> I, I don't even want to be associated with it anymore. Uh, I can well, imagine them doing like a press screening and they're in the audience and the guy goes up at the end and he's like, hey, I'd like to introduce the writers of the comic book. And they're like, no, 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 no. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> the seats are empty. They're cleaning up. <laughs> Comic books are done like a couple months in advance, so this ended like a couple of months after the movie came out. So I assume like the movie came out and Dark Horse was like, "We're sorry, we're so <laughs> sorry." 
Uh, so we can jump right into this film because I also I remember the ads when it came out, but I did not read it. Didn't care. <laughs> I was shocked though that this movie started straight up like Judge Dredd. Oh, there, yeah. The text crawl, yeah. The text crawl with someone reading it out loud. I, I was like, oh, okay. I, you don't need to put it on screen if you're just going to tell me. I have to say it was funny because, like, I got this on YouTube, but I was trying to find a way to watch it for free, and I found a, a video of it on YouTube for free. But it was like uh, the sound was very slow, but I didn't realize it at the beginning, and so it sounded like Doctor Claw from Inspector Gadget was reading the text call. <laughs> and I was like, "This is weird." Um, <laughs> they couldn't get James Earl Jones for this one, I guess. <laughs> Apparently not. That rock and roll soundtrack that's blasting away when that uh, when the movie opens up, though. Do you know? Do you know what that is? Uh, is, that, is that the song that uh, David or what's his name? The guy she was married to at the time, Tommy yeah, Lee. Yeah, that's Tommy Lee doing Planet Boom. Planet Boom. <laughs> Got him in there. Don't worry. I, I believe the song he wrote for this movie won a Razzie. A Razzie which they lost to Striptease, which is just a second burn. <laughs> I was thinking that the song would be like, Look at Dim Titties by Tommy Lee. <laughs> Did you see us have sex? Well, you can. You sure can. Just just type it in the Ask Jeeves. This is how you know it's like a real dystopian future because it after the opening where they explain to you what's happening, it immediately cuts to barbed wire dancing and being just like hosed down with water. And if there's a place where you do not want water just standing, it is at a strip club. Like that Uh is unhealthy as possible. That is not good. I did not appreciate it. Yeah, we're helping helping to promote the spread of gonherpacephalitis to everyone. <laughs> CDC nightmare in there. But to be clear, uh, we are talking about minute 110. We have uh, Pamela Anderson's like champagne-soaked nipples on screen. For like, yeah, at first I was like, I was like four oh, minutes. did her boobs just come out? And I was like, no. Nah. Yeah. And then it was like three more shots. I was like, oh yeah, those are definitely nipples. Yeah, I, I, I'm talking about four minutes of it. I'm not. The, the, the opening is 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 basically some James Earl Jones knockoff reading text about the fall of America, and then it's just Pamela Anderson wiggling around in a champagne shower for four minutes. That's her establishing character shot. And do you want to know who came up with that scene? Um, Tommy Lee. Nah, Pamela Pamela came Ryan? up with that yeah. scene. Yeah. What? Yeah, and I guess that the director was under pressure to include as much nudity in the film as possible, which (laughs) seems odd because there's not that much nudity in the film. So I'm like, oh. (laughs) Just imagine that board movie. was like, yeah, I like it. So they cut the original opening of the movie. Oh, my God. Can you imagine – can you imagine the board meeting where a bunch of execs come in and just yell at you for 10 minutes about how there's not enough tits in your movie? There's like no, a big fat it. guy with a cigar, and he's like, listen here, Hogan, we got to have more titties in this movie. <laughs> All the dailies? There's not is he from the 40s? <laughs> yeah, he is. Hogan! He runs a studio in Hollywood. He's definitely from the 1940s and the 1940s. But also, uh, the opening indicates it sets this apocalyptic maze to us, this beautiful bit of fiction in which um i guess the old democracy fell is that what we're in now are we in the old democracy is that what we is that what's called what we're in? i just assumed that this was trump's america like, yeah right because this takes well, place in 2017 so. yeah we're, we're one year away from this shit <laughs> this is yeah, a vision of the future like, although later someone says 2019 so no one really cares <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wasn't a lot of continuity, editor. What's that? <laughs> but also, apparently, the new group that has taken over is the Congressional Congressional Directorate, 
What a shitty name for your sick gang. Well, what's Are, crazy is it's like, they're like, they're the bad guys. And it's like, well, they sound like they're elected officials. Yeah, it sounds like the government because no one <laughs> yeah, would they, name themselves. They're a Congress? Yeah. Seems pretty nice. There's a group of them. Yeah, because no one was like, you know what's a menacing source for our name? Uh, C-SPAN reruns? Like, what congressional directorate is not scary. And they just wanted them to be Nazis, because I'll ask oh this at, at the top real quick. I'm going to take it uh, macro for a second. How did, did either one of you realize while you were watching this that it is a remake of Casablanca? Yes. Did, only because IMDb told me. <laughs> I did not know until after the movie was over. I watched this, uh, as I watch many of these movies with, I, I, I go over and make my brother Dan watch them with me so that somebody has to suffer along. And uh, he, we were talking about one of the actors, and I went to look it up, and at the top of the IMDb it says, this is a remake of Casablanca. And I was like, who's doing what now? I thought I looked up the wrong movie, because I was like, there's no way this is a remake of Casablanca. But but to be clear, uh, uh, for the people watching it, listening at home, uh, Casablanca is about the, the main character, Rick Blaine, who owns a nightclub and yes. gambling den, like Barbed Wire owns the Hammerhead, I think it's called. Yes. Uh, uh, and he is runs into an old uh, friend of his from war, a, a love interest. And yeah, his old girlfriend. His old girlfriend, who's trying to escape this territory. Again, this is this is I'm describing both movies with, now with her husband, who is the leader of a resistance organization. And they need passage in 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 Casablanca. It's it's travel papers, and here it's these fucking contacts lenses that they won't shut up about for two hours oh my god <laughs> yeah it is like the after like i read that i started noticing and i was trying to like find moments they had taken from casablanca and i liked it at the very end like you know i mean that film even if you've never seen the movie you had to have heard like one of the 90 quotes you know yeah the played against Sam, even though that's not actually in the movie. And at the end of Casablanca, he says, you know, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And this movie tries to have like a moment like that where he tell the cop tells barbed wire that he loves her, but it just comes off so weird and like yeah. out of place that I was like, Oh, you guys couldn't just reuse the same line. Like, and, and to set it, they're standing in the rain out next to an old prop plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for some reason everyone's got laser like fucking like laser eyes and well, oh I my like god the, the, uh, congressional conglomerate or whatever the fuck it was called that a uh, portion of them are just like nazis like they're straight oh, up yeah. german like they have german so accents straight up nazis. i i could not figure that out i was like so the american civil war happened and we just elected a bunch of german nationals you think that was weird for udo kier uh the 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 butler the sam character of this film uh, he's he's a pretty famous German actor. He's the guy with the the, the fly tattoo who was like taking care of uh, uh, Pam's business. Yeah, I feel like he was the only saving grace for me in this movie because I yeah. love Udokir. He's amazing. <laughs> he was born in World War II. Do you think it felt weird to be in that scene where everyone's wearing black leather outfits, SS uniforms from like a different movie, and they have eagles on them? They have the fucking yeah. eagles. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's no like, there's no point where like. He couldn't have gone up into the director and been like, these guys aren't supposed to be Nazis, right? There's not a chance he didn't walk on the set and be like, oh, they're Nazis. <laughs> Do you think he what? was on the movie because someone said to him, yeah, you're going to be – it's a remake of Casablanca and you're going to play the Sam character. He's like, oh, cool. <laughs> Either that or like he accidentally like hit 
a studio producer's car and instead of having to pay the insurance he was like you have to be in barbed wire because it does seem like when i was watching this i was like why is this guy in this movie yeah and he's i would say him and the dude who is uh jango fett yeah, yeah tamara morrison they're the most yeah. famous people and let that sink in for a minute <laughs> jango fett they're is in both, this movie everyone they're both like i mean the butler disappears halfway through the movie really he has like eight lines yep and at one point is just wearing a little orphan annie wig or something <laughs> well he's called that scene out he, for the life of me he's called yeah. curly so he's wearing a curly wig like from the three stooges not that that makes any fucking sense but <laughs> not when he's at the bar right he was never wearing it before or after that that's his lounge <laughs> wig all right he upstairs found a wig and put it on you're I saying not... you don't have a lounge wig because i got one on right now See, I assume, I assume how uh, Udo Kier got into this movie is his agent was like, "Hey, they'll pay you to be in this," and he was like, "All right, you know." <laughs> That's a good Udo impression. I or they it. couldn't get Malcolm McDowell, who I felt should have been in this movie. I, I don't yeah. know where I would have put him, but I swear it seemed like a movie he should be in. I'll put him in every movie. Should I'll, I'll back that one up. Uh, one of the things that I found interesting about the Second Civil War is that there was a number of references to like the early 80s that made it, which I thought was great, including yeah. a reference to, have you ever seen Batman? One, the girl that she's rescuing in that scene is like 15. No, she didn't fucking see Batman. Yeah. <laughs> it came out 20 years before the time period you're in. Of course she didn't see it. Also living in an apocalyptic hellscape. <laughs> she probably yeah, hasn't stopped to watch my Batman. Uh, <laughs> did you also, uh, let, let's, Speaking of the congressional, which we weren't, but uh, I just was looking at my notes. Can we talk about that that titty torture scene where that woman is in like the oh, full metal the bikini? Fuck? What the yeah. fuck was that? I think I described uh, it when I was taking notes as the weird Borg S and M scene. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, that nails it. Yeah, I could not believe when I, I was like, "What is going on?" And then like. You know, I'm sure it's hard to pretend to be an actress being electrocuted through your genitals, but she looked like she was more into it than that it hurt. <laughs> I'm sorry, can you repeat the introduction to that sentence again, Pokes? It's hard to be an actor acting what it's like to be tortured through your genitals. I think that's a pretty st standard statement. I just statement. wanted to write that down. <laughs> Feel free to use that as a pull quote. Um <laughs> But what's like they they appear to be inside of what I think is a is a is a wrestling a WWE like ring, <laughs> yes. And and there's a They're woman like a black box which I just assumed it was Barb's club and they just hung up curtains so you wouldn't know that they only had one set. <laughs> and a woman is <laughs> nude in a metal bikini with lights on it and her half her face is like yeah she got that Borg thing going on, and they're just like torturing her with electricity which it seems like you can do. Much easier than that whole getup. Yes, you just need a car battery. Yeah, right. <laughs> Apparently, I, they couldn't like, afford it. I see. We didn't know what the budget was for this one, but I'm guessing somewhere around seventy-five dollars. Yeah, <laughs> true. I, and they, and they blew it on that like, scene. They shock her, and he's like, "You'll tell us." She's like, "I'll never tell you." And they shock her again. She's like, "All right, here's what's happening." I was yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> that up so quick, I could not believe how fast she turned on them. Also, and this. What I loved is she gives a speech about what's happening, and there's, like, flashes of what's going on. And she sets up the plot, which is the plot, as we said, to Casablanca. And then, literally, like, five minutes later, where it's only 11 minutes into the movie, 
barbed wire repeats the exact same plot again. Yes. They keep saying it. What was the whole point it. of the text crawl? Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah, it's just like they're constantly re- like being like, all right, there's a second civil war. We're on, we're in trouble. These guys are Nazis, but they're not Nazis. We need these IP. I was just like, quit telling me what's going on. Yeah, they explained the plot three times out loud as if they were reading it from a page off screen. And then still halfway through the movie, I was like, wait, what's the plot again? Yeah, <laughs> I guess maybe they knew because I, I did midway through the movie. My when I was watching with my brother. And he was like, wait, what's going on? I was like, I'm not sure anymore. Basically, when I, I actually wrote that this movie has no plot, <laughs> even yeah. though they spelled it out so clearly. <laughs> I, I think I wrote in my notes, in all caps, uh, I still don't know what the plot is. Why is everyone talking about contact lenses? <laughs> yeah, I, like, and since I didn't realize until well after the contact lenses had been like brought in, I did not realize it was Casablanca. So it was even more confusing. That I was like, why do they – I got it. They need these things. Quit bringing them up. I could like – that's yeah. all they kept saying. Did you notice, though, a, uh, a little a, – a cameo from – the band from The Crow was in, uh... I'm no kidding. Way. It was not them, but... Oh, I thought it was. <laughs> when there was that terrible, like... I don't even know what the fuck that was. Like, 90s metal... I don't know. And her club was insane. It was like a tattoo parlor. That guy was wearing a tux. It, they serve steaks there, apparently? It was like a dominatrix. Yeah. See, I was I, just thinking it was good... It was good to see that mullets and shitty goth bands survived the Second Civil War. Yeah, people who used belts as accessories really made it. It's sort of like in Judge Dredd how punks were the <laughs> only people who lived through the uh, mega city. Um, one of the bands <laughs> also in this soundtrack are the meat the meat puppets in Vapor Space, which I was super thrilled to see on the soundtrack because they have one of the best <laughs> names in the world of music. That is pretty great. I also liked that the. Um, the disc jockey had a like an old timey microphone in front of him, but then was wearing like a Madonna like headpiece microphone. Yeah. And why did you have a DJ when there was a live band playing and he sounded like he was getting ready to play music? So is there like a DJ who's played at the same time as this band? Just she employs a lot of people. She employs a full chef staff because people apparently come there for food. I don't know why you'd eat there, but people come there for food. Everything will taste like cigarette smoke and Vaseline, but apparently... Yeah, and, and to get into the club, you have to walk by the same bikers who are always having a fight. Every time they show an external shot of that club, it's the yeah. same two bikers fighting. It's uh, like a task for them. Yeah, I thought they were having some sort of weird, like, pro-wrestling hardcore match in front of the club the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> it does very much look like wrestling. Uh, also, the, one of the points of this film is the reason she has to go out and be a bounty hunter is because her bar is not making money. The bar is completely full. Why is it not making any money? Because she employs a tattoo artist, uh, a sous chef, a, a regular chef. chef. <laughs> she's, she's in serious debt for microphones. Yep. She pays two bands to play simultaneously. <laughs> she hires a DJ on the same <laughs> night that she has an actual band to play. <laughs> The other thing I loved is after Was this, it me or did it seem like the DJ? Sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> did it seem like the DJ was going to be more of a character for all the lines that they gave him, like, right in the mid, in the beginning, yeah. and then he just never appears again? Right. Yeah, which yeah. is, like, crazy. He, like, you would think, oh, the DJ is going to be, like, the Sam character because Sam's the pianist in Casablanca. No. Nope. He's just some guy <laughs> who shows up in two scenes and then and appears to be stuck in that box because it didn't look like there was a door for him to get out. <laughs> 
the one thing I was waiting for in this movie is that the one thing I'm aware of with barbed wire and most of the comics made in this like 90s weird early 90s period where everything was hyper extreme, everyone had katanas, everything was giant mutants. I was waiting for what this 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 uh, comic is known for besides the character, the main character, which is like insane super villain people, like. Like, like, I was reading up on some of them because I, I only remember them from visually, but like Motorhead and Mace Blitzkrieg and Gossamer Vale. These are some of the people that she worked with or fought, and they're like super crazy, like, oh, I'm, I'm, ha I'm half car, man, and I blow shit up, and like, I shoot lasers from like my, my fucking head. Like, in cra insane, crazy, cool people, and nope, not an ounce of that. <laughs> it's just her. Isn't punching there? Nazis and random gangsters, and then isn't there a great supervillain? Possibly, I, I think like one of two people of color in this film. Yep, and uh, Big Fatso. Probably Big Fatso. Oh, Big Fatso. Do you mean the giant black man in a dump truck who's eating fried chicken? Is that him? Yes. Is that, <laughs> that him? Exactly who I mean. Is he's that him? Like, his his IMDb. It's extremely image. racially sensitive. I think. <laughs> yeah. Very progressive. And I know you're like, oh, it's, he probably just happened. No, like, every scene he's in, he's eating a piece of fried... It is his prop in all scenes. And it's not just, like, a piece of fried chicken. It's no, like a, it's... like a uh, Renfest, like, turkey drum. Yeah. Like, it's, like, the size of a normal person's head. It's but... really not okay. And he's wearing, like, a Jamaican outfit the whole time. Oh, yeah, he's Jamaican wearing, like a, like, a Rastafarian moo moo. Oh, boy. He's, he, doesn't, he doesn't talk Rastafarian, or he doesn't have a Jamaican accent at all. No. I do like if you go and look up his IMDb page, like 90% of his credits start with either the word big or fat. Oh, boy. And then like a person's <laughs> name or just fat guy. He found his niche. Oh, yeah. It's a big one. Uh, I also liked that uh, when the two people are sneaking into uh, <laughs> Steel Harbor, they're, they're caught by the custom police. Who... <laughs> who carry machine guns and just walk around Steel Harbor. Yeah. Like, they, they set up that Steel Harbor is a free city, but it's, like, lawless. But it has custom police? Like, that's not even a thing in real life. They, so they it have has custom like, police through. and a sheriff, too. And yes. I, <laughs> and and uh. they have, like, legalized prostitution where you have to get a, an exam every year. Yeah, I was like, wow, this place is really holding itself together. This world is so <laughs> fucking confusing because, yeah, you've got – like, you've got shit we don't have now administratively in place. Like, yeah, they're they're apparently giving, giving routine care and examinations to prostitutes so that they can keep – keep a clean bill of health while performing on the job. So then in this hellscape. In yeah, in, in a hellscape. In a possible she has an armored vehicle that she uses to drive because of how dangerous it is to drive around Steel Harbor. But also in in that scene where she picks up that dude as pretending to be a hooker, oh she, like the fattest sweatiest man alive. Yeah, yeah, that that, that fat professor, that, she, that sweaty nervous <laughs> Who's a bag of like conservatively six hundred <laughs> porno <laughs> He's got like I thought it was like food, and then he drops it, and yeah. like you know, just every porno mag of the last seventy two years falls out. I mean, can you buy them by the grocery bag somewhere? <laughs> yeah, maybe he's getting a bulk. He's like he's got a full file at a store, and he's like I come in once a year. <laughs> Pull a file. Um, 
when, it, when he gets to his apartment, there's like a super high-tech, complex network of retinal scanners to let him into his own home. He has to announce that he has a guest so that the computer system can register that person. That's how yes, high-tech this world is. But like, why? People are dying in the streets. But I love those. Then he walks in, and it's just the ordinary lobby of a building. I'm like, well, who's going to stop him from bringing a fucking guest in? There's no gut. There's it, no. It's a complete. Sh- it's a shithole with like water pouring down the walls. But you yeah. have to have a retinal scan to get through the fucking door. I'm sorry. It was insane. Like, yeah, and like out front of it is a fence that's falling over. If like, you've you seen have to unlock the fence first, <laughs> but there's only half a fence. So it's like, why the fuck is it even here? Our, our pervert professor lives in the same, like, hotel where, like, uh, uh, Tom Hanks' character in Big stays when he's <laughs> when he first becomes you know large. Right? <laughs> is the place where they tell Neo to go answer the phone at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all one hotel. That's the one they're in. But goddamn, it needs security. So it turns out this guy is, like, a gimp. And he comes out, and Barb knocks him unconscious, and then proceeds to blow a hole through just drywall. I mean, she could have just cut it out. Drywall's not very tough, but she lays like eight pounds of C4, Yep. gets in a gunfight in which a refrigerator, uh, bullets go through a refrigerator to kill a guy, but then when she hides behind just like a plywood table, all those bullets get stopped. Yeah, and like the whole time this like weird mariachi music is playing, did you pick up yeah. on that? There is, yeah, the music cues in this film are <laughs> unique, to say the least. But b- before we get past it, I gotta say, though, this gunfight was pretty slick. There weren't many in this movie that were Strong pretty good. Disagree. This one was alright. This one was okay. And it felt very comic booky. There was, like, a scene where she, like, leans out from behind, like, the, the table, and she's doing that weird, like, like where she's, like, on her, she's, like, in a crouched position, but she's got one leg, like, all the way forward. Like, the kind of thing you never do in real life, but is, like, the most Oh, yeah, it'd be, like, the worst comics. position to try to fire yeah. a gun. It's one of those things, like, if you try to replicate that, like, what you see in she's comics. Doing, like, she's doing, like, deep knee yoga bends while she's shooting. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like a position or something? I dug it, man. I thought it was a pretty good fight scene. Up until she goes to get the guy that she's after, and someone just shows up behind her with a knife. And was like, uh, I'm going to get you for murdering everyone. And she's like, all right. And then she opens a drawer, like opens it, takes a gun out, and turns around. And he's just like, oh, shit. I shouldn't have let you do all that <laughs> while well, I'm two feet away. <laughs> and then he's shot out of a window. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Uh, and at this point, I think we meet my goddamn hero. My man... Clint Howard is in this flick. Oh, and he is, he's Clint Howard in it. Oh, oh Clint Howard. I, I challenge you, name a movie that's awesome that Clint Howard is in. <laughs> I'm having a hard time naming another Clint Howard movie. He's in mostly insane 80s, 90s B movies. C movies, whatever you want to call them. This is also a scene Any where... movie his brother directed. True. <laughs> well, that too, yeah. This scene was crazy because they introduced the idea that Canadian money is finally worth more than United States money. Yes. Yeah, because she demands to not be paid in American money. Again, because Donald Trump destroyed the country yeah. into a civil war. She's like, 20000 Yeah, Canadian. It's like, what? But Also, uh, oh, go ahead. Additionally, earlier on, I forgot to mention this. When she says, um, you know, the world's been destroyed, like, she says, like, we're in the middle of the second american civil war and then she does like one beat and she's like the whole world is like 
in ruins. And I was like, wait, the whole world's in ruins? Because we're at Civil War? Yeah, it's very big. Everywhere's fine. Like, Germany's making special contact lenses. Canada's doing all right. Like, Canada's it's, doing it's, great because nobody remembers it's there. It seems to just be America that's falling apart. Hi. <laughs> After this is, uh, we get introduced <laughs> to the police chief back at Barb's hotel or fucking club or whatever, and he's asking some questions. And uh, what did what was your reaction when he dropped her real name? Which character's you, real name? Barb Wire's real name. Oh, like Barbara Katinsky or whatever it was. Kapetsky. Kapetsky. I was like, huh. He was like, Kopetsky, like, right, yeah. Kopetsky, and I was like, hold on, what? That is like the most insane made-up last name for this character. Although, it isn't the comic? It is. Comic book accurate. But, oh, yeah, but oh, yeah it is. crazy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they cut the scene where they show her, like, in the flashback during the American Civil War, and she's supposed to be, like, in a military uniform next to a helicopter. It looks so bad. Like she's just like, I won't leave. And then some guy runs up. And he's like, Are you Barb Kopetsky? And every time they said it, I was like, Please quit saying her last name. <laughs> Are you accountant Barb Kopetsky? Yeah, exactly. It's like I was just like, Please quit saying her name. And then he was, was like, uh, He said he's not coming. And they're like, We gotta go. And I was like, What the? What do you mean? He sent a guy to tell you he's not coming. Like, it was just very bizarre. It's a war. We don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they didn't just go with the Casablanca version, which is she thought her husband was dead. Or, I, you know what I mean? Like, I love that they didn't even try to make her look like a soldier. No. no she looks like she's wearing, like, painter overalls and a helmet. She looks like she's wearing what would be a costume for a stripper to wear before they tear it off. Yeah. Suddenly, another piece has clicked into place. <laughs> she, she brought it home. She's, She's like, like yeah. They even try to make her look like a soldier. Like, she still has drawn-on eyebrows, and, yeah. like, her hair's completely down. Like, no soldier would ever look like this. Well, it explains why we lost the Civil War. It's, we it's were, true. We, we hired only strippers. Um, we should have cloned uh, fucking whatever his name was in this movie like they did in Star Wars. Wouldn't it be amazing if they decided to not use her alias Barb Wire, and not only was she referred to as Barbara Kopetsky for this entire movie, but the title of the movie was Barbara Kopetsky in that font. I, yeah, I would think if you picked up that film and you went home and started watching it and this was the movie that played you, <laughs> this is not at all what I thought it was going to be about. Barbara Kopetsky is a mercenary assassin, owner of an apocalyptic space bar, fighter of future Nazis. Like we all are. Yeah. Uh, do, do you guys want to help me decipher this note I have written down that I don't okay. know what the fuck it's for? It I'll, just I'll says, it what's with the robot voice? Who had a robot voice? Uh, Spike did, uh, the head of the Resistance. Yeah, that was that was it. That was very bizarre. And also, like when she shows up and they're like, we know barbed wire. It's like, why does everybody know who she is? They never really make it clear other than the fact she owns a nightclub. Uh, and Spike is the is is the young leader of the resistance who has about four lines and then is immediately murdered later in the movie. Who also apparently is supposed to have a giant like half a Joker scar up her side of her face, but really <laughs> just looks like she put her lipstick on in the car. It's yeah, more like what it looks she like. was on a bus like a move, like <laughs> public transport and it hit a puddle. Yeah. I could not figure that out for the life of me. Like I saw that, I was like, "That's a bizarre choice." And then she started talking about the robot voice, and I was like, "Hold on." <laughs> Another bizarre choice. 
Yeah, I just wrote this yeah. is a bad decision because she talk, she does a lot of exposition in what is essentially is one of those vocal things that like people who have had their 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 their, their larynx taking out for like <laughs> for smoking yeah, for thirty and years. It's just cre- and it's like clearly done afterwards. So it just doesn't – it's like an ordinary-looking person with just like a drawn-on line on their face, and, and for some reason she has a robot voice. She doesn't have like a metal face. She doesn't have like a box attached to her. She just has a robot voice. No explanation. Nope. No quite. It's so bizarre. You're just like, shouldn't she have looked weird or – it's crazy. I also like that after this scene, Barb's in the bath, and we find out that her bathtub is – apparently you need an elevator to get to it. Yeah. Which seems like a really ineffective way to take a bath. Like, I'm going to go take a bath. Somebody call me that elevator. Look, I, Pokes, I own a home, and my bath is up in old <laughs> abandoned mine shaft, for sure. Oh, well, <laughs> good to know, guys. <laughs> and if you want to come in, you can just come in. Uh, I have a dog guarding it, but I also don't lock doors or anything. <laughs> that scene with the dog where it bites that guy in the junk. Oh, my what God, can we talk about it? Why was that, why was that in the movie? Yeah, It, it never ha- comes back again. At that point, the movie has still not established a clear plot line and decided to take ten minutes for, an, for like, a random biker to come in, be belligerent, and then have a dog bite his dick, and then the, the continue to have his dick in the dog's mouth for five minutes. Yeah, well, I'm not exaggerating. Good... It was so very like, important. Oh, that was I very important they... to establish Camille the crotch-killing dog. Yeah. Is, but she never does it again in the movie. So I was like, what was the fucking point of that scene? <laughs> The dog intimidates and scares and or attacks no one after that scene. The dog is just in the background for the rest of that movie. Yeah, even when they come to destroy the club. And this was a scene that I I still do not understand. All right, whatever the two people who are running, I don't remember their names at all. No one does. The, the girl who ended up being on Diagnosis Murder, that's where her career went after this. And uh, Clone Trooper. So... They are at Barb's bar, and the Nazis show up in, like, a montage of people Tokyo drifting, but in, like, station wagons. Like, the Nazis all drive, like, old panel station wagons for some reason. I couldn't figure that out. And and Barb comes up with a plan to to basically – she's going to trick them by coming downstairs and saying that she likes a good menage – yeah, that's her plan. Why did they come downstairs at all? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't get that whole plan. It was a very bizarre... I Like, was she just hoping that they'd be totally into it and not notice? They spend all their time in the bar, actually. Like, most of the film. And, like, apparently it's supposed to be about these refugee people that they're trying to get out. But we barely hear about them or see them. And then about, like, an hour to an hour and a half into the movie, one of them's like, yeah, I helped create a virus that could destroy us all. And I'm like, where, where is this coming from? Yeah, that was the weird inclusion. And then that never comes up again. No one, They never have to go after a vial like every other bad movie would have them do or something. Nope. It's just like, yeah, I made a bad virus. Anyway, let's get me out of here. Yeah, it was bizarre that they just tossed it in. But I well, do what like horribly. Crappy resistance. Yeah, yeah. What are they it's even not doing? Great. Uh, nothing, as near as I can tell. And they didn't even make it clear. Like, was she? It's like their motivations the are not given at all. No, no, no one. I don't understand. Barb sometimes wants to help people, and then a minute later wants to just fuck everyone over for money. And then her butler is like in love with the bar. 
and seems to cry when it's destroyed, but then uh, none of this makes sense. Like no one's no one's characterization makes sense. The plot <laughs> like jumps wildly between oh, there's a virus, there's a resistance, there's there's contacts that we just gotta have. And here's the part that fucking confuses me: is the is the Nazi guys the, they're the government, right? Yes, they're so, a government. So they <laughs> must they must run customs, right? So yeah. why do they need the contacts at all? Why are they just be like, oh, she wants to fly on the plane? Well, let's just say no. Let's because say no to it. Uh, Steel Harbor is a free city. What does that mean? They don't control Steel Harbor. They're just there visiting as a delegation of Nazis. Yeah, they do not. It does it's not a make free any city. sense. Yeah. The free city with a Gestapo police force and uh, customs people that, that tote giant machine guns. And just aimlessly walk around what appears to be just a dock. Where do you think this <laughs> is, by the way, too? The Steel Harbor? Steel Harbor? I I have no idea. It's it like rained Pittsburgh. a lot, so maybe Seattle? I don't know. Yeah. I, I got like a Pittsburgh-Seattle vibe from it. I don't well, know. Well, we know it's not the... Chicago, for sure. No, it's I, not I, Chicago. I would know Chicago. I would recognize God damn it. I would recognize it. You're not supposed to invite that. Let me, let me tell you about the specific architectural elements of Chicago that would identify it in a film. <laughs> How do you uh, hang what... up one of these calls? <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the blind guy? We haven't brought him up at all. Oh, Is that yeah. your brother? Um, who I felt like they should have just cast uh, Jeff Healy. I just feel like so they should have just made in a bunch of shitty movies because he was the best. He was he was like super interesting. He was like super uh, uh, able to like function even though he had like, clearly had his eyes gouged out for some sort of creepy government purpose. Oh, but he was like, yeah, that's what it was. But like at, at times he's just, like he's super cocky. Uh, he 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 withstands interrogation in a, a kind of well shot scene, to be honest. And he like in the scene where they're smashing the bar, he like gets his drink to make sure he doesn't lose it. Like I kind of loved him. He was great, but he's just like a like a like like a, like a, a fart in the plot, like in the script. He's just barely in it and completely pointless. Yeah, which is a shame because he was neat. That guy really pulled like him, him and like uh, uh, Udo really brought like their their A game to this movie for some reason. Yeah, I would have much preferred them being in the ending doing something, but they're just one's dead and the other one just inherited a bar that's been destroyed. So what a treat! Yeah, a bar that apparently can't make any money despite having a full uh, crowd every night, all night. Yeah, and now it's been destroyed, and the most famous person in the world no longer owns it, so nobody's yeah. gonna come. Yeah, that's going to be a big shithole. I mean, he was great, but he served, like, zero purpose to the, the plot. And then, like, when he gets tortured to death, we're supposed to, like, it's this big emotional scene, like, oh, blind brother. And, like, why the fuck would I care? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, like, there's so little to do with him that when they, like, they kill him, you're like, oh, no. And it really, in your mind, you're just like, why was the Resistance using, a like, a blind dude to walk around the most dangerous city to be their informant? Like, that's fucked up, Resistance. Yeah, send somebody to sit with him. <laughs> I yeah, that was very bizarre. <laughs> I love how he walks in to he walks in to see the resistance, and they're like he's just like stumble fucking around, like uh, hey Spike, is, is Spike here? Yeah. Um, anybody? No, I'm blind, so I don't know. It's hard to you know do secret meetings that you can't see. <laughs> and maybe don't like immediately announce what you're there for, and just assume that the people you you want to talk to are there. He's just like, I'm looking for Spike. I got news about the, you know, 
whatever the fucking context or whatever. Maybe you start off with is spikier. That's just a sentence. It's not going to out you. <laughs> it's, as... a good, it's a good start. Just maybe start there and see what happens. <laughs> also, didn't you notice that the guy who answered you back had a thick German accent? That seemed like it was out of place for the reason. Can we, can we talk about all the accents in this movie? Because they are all over the place. <laughs> well, it's a There are a thousand accents. Yeah. Because, because the government guy, which I assume is a, is a, is a, a region of the, of the American government, is the most German man ever. Yes. Uh, he's dressed in a Nazi outfit for one. We've already covered that. But also earlier, exterminating the literal German man in this film. <laughs> yeah. Also earlier, when 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 Barbara <laughs> rescues, yeah, Barbara Kapetsky rec- rescues that that weird like rescues that um schoolgirl from that weird like yeah, like ice why cooler? is she in like a prep school? Is if there's like a private school in Steel Harbor? <laughs> like there's like a Yale in Steel Harbor. That makes no sense. She's in like a, like a, she goes to a school where they make you wear a blazer with a crest. Yeah, because I mean, well, the world's falling apart. But come on, we gotta have consistency. After she's in order. been apparently, she's been apparently kidnapped by Peter Lorre for his creepy ass fucking strip <laughs> club slash I don't know, like prostitute sales slash kidnapped yeah, girl factory. It was like a taken thing, I guess. But then what's like bizarre is when you go to the parents, like he's British for some reason, and his, the mom is just I don't know what. But the question I had was. Why the fuck did they choose to meet her in the middle of, like, the harbor? Yeah, what they did wasn't illegal to free a kidnap victim. They're they a child. Were, they were hiding it. Yeah, but I was like, fa- why couldn't she just go to their house, which must be insanely nice, because he's driving, like, an old-school sports car in the middle of this shit fest. But, again, as you pointed out, a perfectly American wife with a super British dad. Super confused. Yes. But my favorite scene is is the wife says, uh, pay this woman her money. And he says in his thick Cockney accent that he only has half the money. He says, he says half, you know. And then she repeats half the money. But she's not, like, mocking him. Like, she just, like, picked up his accent. And, like, yeah, it's, it's like she's just – she learned all of the lines phonetically. So she's just repeating it the way he said it. Yeah, and and the way like the next scene looks, it looked way different than the last cut of her. So it was clear that they were doing lots of takes. <laughs> she kept like, no, you're not British in this scene, Pamela. Or Stop they were like, they were like you, you need to emote. Like you need to make it seem like you're being sarcastic. And she's like, got it, got it. I'll just half say half, the and then... No, no, that's no. not sarcastic. You're just repeating it. You're just halfway doing a British accent. No, I'm halfway doing it. God damn it! <laughs> half. <laughs> should I she was trying so hard to show her amazing acting ability. <laughs> Did you just say, yeah. should I take my shirt off? <laughs> should I take, should I take my shirt off? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, just forget it. We got it. This one's in the... Just check the gate. Yep, check the gate. Um... I have another question for, for you guys. Do you know who wrote this movie? Oh, and I'm afraid to know. Would you be surprised to know that it's a woman? Yes. Yes, I would actually be surprised. Yes. <laughs> a woman who went on to create and be executive producer of The L Word? Wait, what? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking... There, somebody had to rewrite this and take a dump on it. Or I guess... Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the movie wouldn't be as terrible if they had hired actors. She's a big deal. Uh, uh, Eileen or Eileen uh, Chaikin or Chaikin, whatever. I can't pronounce names. Oh, yeah. 
She created and executive produced the L Word and the current hit Empire. Holy shit! Yeah, this was her first directing, uh, uh, or first, first, her first writing credit was this movie. Yeah. Do you think the like the the studio was like? I just wonder like how much peyote she was on. I don't. I would never have guessed someone with the chops for those good good ass shows I just mentioned. Uh, and powerful female role character shows. You know what I mean? I was going to say, like, I can't picture that somebody who wrote the L word would be like, I'm going to write the Like, there had to be an edit done by, like, a dude. Well, she co-wrote it with, yeah, with a dude. A dude who was a former, uh, a former Marine who wrote and, 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 and wrote and worked on Navy SEALs and Hard Target with Van Damme. Holy oh shit, Navy God. SEALs. Okay, <laughs> suddenly the mystery has been solved. She turned in like a really strong female thing. He was like, this needs tits. But but this is also God. exciting because this this guy, uh, uh, Chuck Far- Farrer, uh, he worked on, um, he created and wrote the screenplay for Virus, which is another uh, really obscure comic book movie that we're going to do at one point. So this, he he wrote two of the movies that we'll be doing at some point in this in our series. Both of which do not. Oh. Look, I know this one's not good. Virus nope. does not look good. It's not going to be good. <laughs> uh, I just is... imagine that she sent him over the script and he just said, like, all right, this scene is missing something. What could it be? I know, tits. <laughs> yeah, Chuck, I, you just, Ch- Chuck, you just wrote the word tits over every page that I sent you. <laughs> you <laughs> just Sharpie. wrote in the description of each scene, boobs. I guess well, one you time drew you did it? write boobs. That's what we call good writing. <laughs> on this page, you just drooled on the page, but I think I can get the connotation that you were after. <laughs> this one, you just wrote more guns, and also, what's Casablanca? <laughs> it's Blanca. <laughs> I just imagine he drew like nipple. He didn't write tits. He just drew a pair of nipples, like yeah, <laughs> in yeah. Page. Just, in between each page of the script, he just stapled uh, Pam Anderson's Playboy centerfold. <laughs> so it's just, oh, that's what he wants. Uh, I get it. I, I wonder if like her first version is like a really good like oh. Casablanca remake set in this world, and then they came in, they were like, no, dumb it down. We can't afford actors. Uh, we only have two. We only have one street that we can film on, so we're just gonna have to keep changing the angle and hope no one notices. Let's get that fast tracked, Hollywood. Let's get the remake of Barbed Wire with the original script. We will pay From- Tommy Lee for a song, and we'll also need ten minutes worth of guitar riff while people destroy a bar. <laughs> done and done. Also, can we run a uh, a backhoe for a fat man to sit in? Yeah, <laughs> a really racist caricature just chilling in a backhoe. Is that cool? Can we figure out a way to work Jabba the Hutt into this? Because I, I don't think there's enough sci-fi going on. we got to put a little Jabba the Hutt eating a big old fucking chicken leg. Because if he's not eating a big chicken leg, they're not going to know he's a black guy. Yeah. I feel like the idea that they were like, we already stole the entire Casablanca. What else could we steal? Yeah. How about a crime boss who's a fatso? Does he have a rancor? Come on, Ted. <laughs> or whatever the guy's name was who wrote this. But uh, I like the the scene in which they escape from this guy because he obviously double crosses them, which I could have told you about the minute you saw him. He is not yeah, trustworthy. The minute at you any saw moment. him and he revealed that he killed Clint Howard and has his body in a refrigerator in a dump. Yeah, he did the world a favor right there. No, Clint, <laughs> Clint, Clint, I need him for all the shitty movies. That one 
where Charlie Sheen is a ghost motorcycle. That's a real movie that he's in. Oh, God. <laughs> They're like, I heard he's going to do another ice cream, man. We got to kill this son of a bitch before it happens. <laughs> but uh, the, the pursuing scene is like the stupidest bit of action I've ever seen because they knock a grenade into the air, which causes every person for like a, a mile <laughs> radius to just run away. I mean, it's and one grenade. Everyone scatters. They all start running. Everybody has guns, and they all start running away. Why wasn't their first reaction just shoot them real quick and then run? A grenade yeah. takes a while to explode. Also, yeah. I don't know if that's productive. Just throwing a grenade in the air? There's a really good chance you're going to die in that explosion. If yeah, anybody she makes, else's. She makes it pretty far before the grenade comes back down. Like, she runs away. They get in the car. They start the car. They reverse the car. And they're leaving before it falls to the ground and explodes. It lands in Big Fatso's stomach, and then he yeah. explodes. And he like makes the funniest. He doesn't face. just explode. He makes the greatest death face in the history of cinema. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like someone just jammed a giant Christmas tree up his ass <laughs> right before that thing. <laughs> he does have a pretty great expression. Uh, I want to gif it if it won't look so racist. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll be afraid. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a black man look like he's doing a bad caricature of of like uh, an African. <laughs> yeah, a black man. Yeah. It's confusing. It's so racist, it almost looks like he's wearing blackface. It does. It, it really does. does. Yeah, they do have some kind of weird makeup on him, though. Yeah, he looks really yeah. unnatural. So when I, at first when I looked him up, I was like, oh, God, please tell me he was really black, and this isn't like a, <laughs> uh, uh, what's that movie, Short Circuit, with, I can't think of the guy's name, where he plays an Indian dude, but he's just a Fisher white Stevens. guy. Fisher yeah. Stevens, given a brown, a brown face so he can play an Indian man. Oh, boy. Look, Pose, uh, they're not they're not a lot of Indian people in the world. There aren't tons no, of them, so yeah. <laughs> it's like when they try they can't cast Asian people. Like how yeah. many are they are they, how many Asian people could there possibly Very be? Very low world? population of Asian people, globally speaking. <laughs> I mean, just like that one billion or something. <laughs> yeah, that's not that much. But did you notice okay, so there's like a bunch of bad chase sequences. I mean, good uh, stuntman doing good effects, but terrible, pointless chase sequences. But um they catch the, the the main Nazi guy gets Barb White Barbara Kapetsky Barbara Kapetsky gets her in uh, uh, trapped on a like a fucking backhoe or whatever he has his, his forklift scene at the end is mind boggling where he hits her with a, a forklift and then drives her into another car and then they're like kind of fighting and then uh, the clone trooper goes and just beats up a crane operator which i yeah. thought was kind of mean i mean that's still was working yeah he's <laughs> yeah there's, a, there's an exploding car chase going around and he shows up and the guy's like hey what's going on strange person we jango fett you want to see how this crane works yeah, he's like which one makes it go up and down he's like this one it's like why are you telling this guy and he, if you look at that that extra or that actor's face he has like the dumbest smile on like he's just so excited it's so weird he acts like if you brought a kid into the cockpit of, like, a plane, and it's like, oh, hey, little guy, you want to yeah. see how we fly the plane? <laughs> this he may have been, like, mesmerized by the insane, maniacal laughter that the bad guy was doing the entire time he was fighting with Barb. Yeah, and then here's where the, this, this scene is where I was like, all right, I'm completely confused. Barb is stuck. She's trying to get out. So he goes and hooks the forklift. And raises it, like, 50 feet off the ground. How is that helpful? 
I don't understand anything he's doing. He's just driving her slowly across the dock in a forklift. It's unclear what his plan is. And at any point, he could just drive her into the water and then, like, move on. But, I feel like this the stunt coordinator or the director or something, they had, like, a fetish about dropping guys off buildings. Because it seems like in this end sequence, like, three guys get dropped off some giant height. You are and they right. Never, they never see them land. And one of them, you never even hear him landing. He, he may still be falling. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> to this he day. Just falling with a Wilhelm scream with him. Which is... <laughs> but the end, I thought this was bizarre that Clone Trooper's plan is he's like, all right, here's my plan. They're fighting. What would give Barb the upper hand? I know, let's raise them up in the air so that if she slips at all, she will die instantly when she hits the ground. Yeah. The only, the only thing weirder than that is uh, the most shoehorned in, like, ending line of a film in the history of film. We find out that Barb does not like to be called Babe, which is a <laughs> callback to the advertising campaign for the comic book. So yeah, in the beginning, she's stripping. Some guy says, "Take it off, babe," and she throws her high heel at him, and it like gets stuck in his head, which I yeah. assume is her. And, and that was written in the comic to differentiate because there was a comic called Babe. Yes, and and the and like in an advertising slot, like you said that she like her character was like in the comic being like, "Hey, I, don't call me Babe. Like, I'm not the same character." That was like a bit yeah. that, between two writers. It, babe it was doesn't the, matter to an like, audience. Yeah, and Babe was like a dumb character. That was supposed to be the point. It was like Barbed Wire was like an intelligent buxom woman versus just an airhead. So they went into this movie. Now at the end... Wait, wait, wait. Fighting. You skipped over the fact that this Nazi loves Cher. Did we skip that? Yeah, no, this is, where, this is what got me. So they're on top of this thing. Again, this is 2019 or 17, whichever. And... Uh, Shit has gone has gone rough. This guy is not American. And he says he's not even winning this fight, so I don't know why he says this, but he says, This reminds me of my favorite song, I Got You Babe. How, why why would he say that? That's like the worst. Couldn't he have like grabbed her ankle and been like, I got you, babe, and then she kicked him in the face? Like But but that would that also that line would only work if it was established that he knows she hates being called babe. Yes. But or, he doesn't know that. So as far as we know, he's like in the last moment of his life, he's like, you know what would work here? I'll tell her about my favorite song. Yeah, he's like, you know what I... <laughs> Something share. You probably haven't heard of them because they haven't been relevant in 40 years. <laughs> it's 2017, but let me make a reference to a share song. It's, it's 2017, and the world has been destroyed by a war, the United States. But let me bring up two completely irrelevant people... And a not that popular song. Huh? Also, wh- wh- where is all this cargo going? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Steel Harbor is a very busy harbor. This is a functional Apparently dock. The shipping system has not failed whatsoever. <laughs> like that guy has a nine to five job apparently <laughs> that he's very <laughs> dedicated to. Well, he's unconscious now. Yeah, I-, I just thought that ending was like one of the most absurd, like trying to work in a catchphrase. Since like the like the Yippie Kaye at the end of Live Free or Die Hard, yeah, where they couldn't make him use the F word because it was only PG thirteen. Yeah, yep. I like to imagine that they cut out two scenes earlier. One of them was like at the end of that Borg torture scene. He's like, I don't like this music. Change it, Sonny and Cher. I only listen to Sonny and Cher. Yeah, like. <laughs> and then the other cut scene was just like a soldier walking in right before he meets Barbara. Where like, uh, uh, sir, uh, make sure you don't call her babe because apparently she'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Well, that's fine, because my favorite song is Little Man by Sonny and Cher. 
sure he's not just like he's like. Do they have a jukebox so that I can play gypsies, tramps, and thieves? Like that's <laughs> that was the only one I could come up with. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, it was just bizarre. And then he dies, and it's like there's nothing really satisfying about him dying the way he dies. And also, those oh, there is load when they hit the ground, like they were composed entirely of explosives. Uh, there is a reason why it's great when he when uh, he dies because he has the exact same shot for shot death fall as that Nazi in the uh, Indiana Jones uh, uh, Last Crusade. The guy who falls off the cliff. Back. It's it's it's. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna give him together. It's a shot for shot of, that, of that fall. I would like to see this. I'm excited about it. <laughs> I do not remember that. I remember that Indiana Jones scene well, especially when the tank hits and there's like yeah. a dummy attached to the tank. And yes, it falls off that crust the dummy. Favorite part yeah. of that movie. Brilliant. <laughs> Obviously, you forgot the part where Indiana Jones is screaming at him, Don't call me babe! <laughs> yeah, that, that famous line. He's like, This reminds me of my favorite song from when I was a time traveler. <laughs> babe was the dog's name. <laughs> this babe was the pig's name. Yeah, the movie, Babe, Pig in the City. <laughs> I want, more, I want I want more fight scenes to end that way, where right before the villain dies, they just tell them one one fun fact about themselves. Yeah, like before I know they I'm about die. to die, so I'd like to make a human connection. My favorite food is actually tilapia. No. Oh! <laughs> just a side note: I don't eat seafood, so I don't know why the fuck I picked tilapia. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a fireman. Ah. <laughs> This was all just an elaborate prank. I'm not really a bad guy. Um, I was paid scale for this movie. <laughs> yeah, the actor just telling you about their, their lives before their, their last the shot in the film. They purposely only gave me five lines, so they had to pay me less. I just also, had a bagel. <laughs> My actual favorite song is Believe. <laughs> I, I believe I can fly. <laughs> but I don't know if you made it clear enough in your in your conversation earlier that the last shot of this movie is two people in an airfield with a prop plane in the background as they stand in the rain, face to face in profile. Like the to... end of the most famous end of almost all movies is like what they remade. Like because like, oh right, we're we're doing Casablanca. Let's just do that scene. And what's crazy is why they don't just do the scene. Right. Like just at, do that it at that point, point. Like if you're gonna do the homage and have the last two lines, why not just use the last fucking line of the movie? One of the most famous lines in cinema history. Why not just go ahead you already stole the plot. Like might as well just steal the dialogue. Instead, she's just, just like some arbitrary line. Yeah, she's just like Paris sounds nice. Roll credits. Well no, he <laughs> says, Barb, I think I love you. That's his oh, right. like it's the beginning right. of a beautiful friendship, but I, it's just dumb. Speaking of him, though, we didn't mention like how this guy actually Xander Berkeley, the guy who's a sheriff with his wicked, wicked Fu Manchu. His character makes no fucking sense whatsoever because oh, he's like all. completely a crooked bad guy, and then for some reason he just does like a baby face, like a wrestling baby face turn, like right at the end. Yeah, and suddenly they're just like, "Yep, he's on our side. Fuck it." And, like, I guess it was supposed to be that he was upset that they killed Charlie, the blind I, guy, like because he was kind he of have, with him. He did have the best line in the movie when they're talking about the, uh, they're like, oh, the contact lenses, and he's like, all oh, this shit's over some Bausch and Loms. <laughs> yeah, he did have some, 
Also, the uh, in that scene is where they take a dead guy's body and lay it in a tub of ice and then electrocute it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that that guy and the other guy who was the thug, they're like the thugs in every 90s movie. They're, I they swear those guys were Demolition scary. Man. That guy who's in the tub is the guy who played Jesse Ventura in the made-for-TV Jesse Ventura life story movie. Jesus. Are you sure really? of that? Or, cause oh, yeah, I'm positive. Two, two questions. One, why do you know that? And two, there was a Jesse the Body Ventura TV movie. When he got elected governor, they did this, like, really horrible made-for-TV movie about his life that was un- completely unauthorized. And they used all these guys from uh, WCW that had nothing to do with, like, his entire career. And they tried to, like, recreate the Montreal screw job from the 90s with, like, Raven and some other dude from WCW. And then Jesse Venturi was there, even though he wasn't even in the company at the time. It was very random. I know my wrestling knowledge is coming out, but it was I absolutely have so ridiculous. many questions. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many questions, and I'm afraid to ask all of them. <laughs> Just tune in next time for our wrestling podcast. <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, if you want to hear more yeah. of Todd talk about wrestling, he has a podcast, guys, and he knows a fuck ton about wrestling. That is true. Like, I know who Jimmy Superfly Snooka is. He knows, like, what size pants he wore. <laughs> I know that he's currently under investigation for the possible murder of his girlfriend 30 years ago. What? <laughs> Say what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If not with that, somebody's going to be doing some Google after this. <laughs> Uh, was there anything that we missed that you guys wanted to talk about? I was just looking back to my notes real quick. No, no, I, I, I covered all my insane, just misconnections with this movie. I do not understand it at all, but I just, God damn, I loved it. I loved it, it folks. It was pretty great to watch. Uh, it's definitely, I mean, you would recommend it then, you think? I've seen a lot of bad, if you're looking for a bad B movie, I've seen a lot of bad B movies. This one manages to have at least a few good actors in it mm-hmm. holding up a performances that and the plot while confusing and wandering like the scenes don't like the the worst people movies are the scenes that like go on for 70 years and you're like this it was yeah. funny for a minute but now i want to die this movie jumps <laughs> pretty pretty aggressively between like uh she's blowing a wall down like she's doing a strip tease now there's like a, a an action sequence now there's like a blind guy fighting someone like it's it's pretty solid the only things in my notes that we didn't talk about like first of all there's a line where she was like uh the world has created a new kind of mercenary and i was like what james bond with with nipple like giant boobs like (laughs) this is what the world has created like tits mahoulahan with guns like i don't fucking what is this he was like a new version of a mercenary and i'm like but you're just doing regular mercenary stuff like but also There's that, there's that scene where she's like, she tells Yudo Kair, like, the bar is yours now. And he's like, I don't know how to run a bar. And I'm like, you've been running the bar for the whole fucking movie. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're, you're the only one in charge because she seems to just take baths and go fight people. <laughs> she takes a lot if of baths. He has to be better at it than her because she can never pay her employees. Yeah. Right. There's that great like, scene where Django like uh, Fett. Jango Fett comes to visit her in her office. I know we talked about it earlier, but it didn't mention like the ridiculous random nudity that happens in that one because oh, yeah. Where she she's gets walking the- away. No, like, she, like they're upstairs and they're talking to like mushroom head chick. Who's his wife? I guess. I don't know. I, this movie's so hard to follow in places, but like they're walking, she's walking away from them and she does like one little like peekaboo flash on the way to get her clothes on. And I'm like, what was the point of this? <laughs> like, I'll yeah. just got to show you one more thing before we're done. Yeah. I feel like that was like a note from the studio. Like, Go film that again. Let's see some boobs. I also I think found, that, like the. I think that was a, a point where like she just kept doing that and like no Pamela we just need you to walk out of the scene just Pam, a, please stop just we're stop. trying to finish this film Pam 
<laughs> this movie was written by a woman who's going to go on and be very important to women's rights. Uh, I also like the scene where they're like making out and he, he's like, I don't, this, the whole scene. And then he meets his wife, her wife or his wife or whatever. And then he's like, the war changed things. The girl's like, the war changed everything. And then Pamela Anderson's reply with just no emotion whatsoever is just good one. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? That I reminds me of another insane line she has. When they, the, so she's nude in like a towel from the bath, making out with this man in the elevator. They get to the bottom. He's like, this is my wife. And of course, you realize shortly after that it's like a sham marriage, right? No, but for like no a good... Marriage. Well, she, no, they say that she, they, they're married each other to keep their cover, is what she makes clear at some point. What? That, well, she said it yeah. started out that way, but I think they were trying to imply it started out that way, but then they're actually uh, in love now. Which makes right. no sense, because she was really seriously sucking face with yeah, Pamela she's, Anderson. And the wife doesn't seem to be at all concerned, either no. way. And then True. and then when, when she's like, oh, this is your wife, she scowls and says, well, I guess you'll have some strong, smart children. What? I think that was to imply that the wife was not attractive. I don't know if that came across because Pamela Anderson yeah. can't act. But I think so. I thought it was like a, like that scene in The Godfather. Like, you know, may your first son be a masculine. I don't know. I, I'm yeah, right, the right, right, right before James Gandolfini flashed some side boob on the way out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, yeah. here's my nipples. Woo! It was, yeah, the, the amount of just random and out of place nudity was weird. The quote-unquote love story between, like, the triangle... Cause, and see, that's what I didn't get, was if they weren't really married, then why didn't he just stay with her? So uh, many questions unanswered. <laughs> yeah. Actually, what the fuck happened to him at the end of the movie? Because I don't remember. He just went on the plane with, uh, with the doctor chick. Why didn't he need contacts? Apparently, yeah, I wondered that, too, because they retinal scanned him, and, and, and they're like, uh, oh, he's clear. And I'm like, how is he clear? He's a fugitive along with her. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Wow, that okay. I apparently quit watching because I don't even remember him being in that end scene. <laughs> Must have just zoned out. You were too distracted by Xander Berkeley's awesome Fu Manchu mustache. <laughs> oh, Xander! Just give me give me a buddy cop movie with Xander Berkeley and and uh, my man Clint. And I'll I was gonna say, you gonna say Clint Howard? I would Clint watch Howard. It. I would I, totally, I watch, totally it. watch it. I would only watch it if Udo Kyer was, like, their angry policeman boss. Like, he was the sergeant telling them yeah. that he, he can't defend their screwball antics anymore. And the villain is Django Fett. <laughs> <laughs> Licensed to print money. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess that guy technically did end up having the best career of anybody in this film. Yeah, because he went on to voice all instances of Django and Boba I don't, Fett. I don't even actually know if that's true. It does, yeah. <laughs> oh, if you did. check his IMDb thing, he's if we're ever like video game and like like I animated wasn't sure thing. If he did the voices for the Clone Wars cartoon or yeah, not? Yeah, he did a lot of voices uh, uh, for for any time they use Jangle Fett, basically, or or even Boba Fett. He voiced Boba he, Fett like the, the 2004 re-release or something like that. Uh, he's also in another crappy comic book movie. He's actually Abin Sur in the Green Lantern movie, uh, the alien who oh, dies and, and gives Ryan Reynolds the ring. Wait, yeah. what? Why would they pick him of all actors for that? Sorry. We'll find out when we cover the Green Lantern. I'm well, especially it. because the makeup they put on him in that movie makes him look like some sort of scrotum alien. <laughs> Ooh. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go watch that right now. Uh, oh, well, a no- lot. Uh, there was nothing else I had in my notes. Anything else you guys wanted to say? No, I've covered everything that made me furious and happy. All right. Well, then, 
if you have an opinion about this film, if you watched it, uh, if you have a comment or you want to bring up something we forgot to talk about, send us a message on our Facebook at facebook.com slash NAOSpod or tweet at NAOSpod. And uh, Todd, where can we find all of your – you do a couple of really good podcasts. I, I am the, the podcast king of the world right now. Now, I wish I was. I, I, I only look like Kevin Smith. I'm not actually him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he does kind of look like him, guys. If you uh, if you want to hear more from me, you can check me out uh, weekly on the Basement Fodder podcast and uh, biweekly on the Todd Files, my interview show. I'm also semi-weekly on the Geek Dig podcast. Uh, you can find both of my shows at thebasementofdoom.wordpress.com or, of course, our network home of digitalnerdage.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at @basementfodder, and you can find uh, Geek Dig at, at Geek Dig on Twitter and geekdigpod.com. There we go. I mean, those were like official and so, concise. Yeah. I mean, a lot better. Mike Hayes, take note. <laughs> it was yeah. Mike Hayes, right? Wasn't he the one? Yeah, who, it is Mike Hayes. Yeah. He's like, I He's used to have a website in 1992. Well, thanks, Mike. That's great. Uh, I, 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 I didn't even recommend. shill my custom action figures this time. <laughs> well, you should. That's right. If you were into custom action figures, look Todd up. Send him a message. He does some pretty sweet. Uh, he does paints of custom action figures of superheroes that you can't buy, or whatever. His work is amazing. I also highly recommend if you are at all interested in comics and how they're made and stuff. The Todd Files is an amazing podcast. Uh, I I'm glad we got you on here. I wanted to have you on pretty much since we started. And on air, thank you for all the support you give us and and all the plugs and everything. We appreciate it. Oh no! It, it, absolutely, man. I, I freely admit to everyone, and this this is a bad thing since I have a ton of friends that are podcasters. But this is like the only show that I listen to that that uh, friends produce. <laughs> hey, Joe, that is high praise because he literally you are the one who makes a podcast. You are the Clint <laughs> Howard of people. Thanks. <laughs> oh wow, man! My heart feels so full for that. <laughs> I, you can of course follow Ben on Twitter at the Disco Pony. Uh, you can follow me at It's Pokes, but I don't ever post anything. Uh, we'll see you next week for the mini episode where we'll tell you the next movie up and until then we'll see you later my favorite color is green